0: Hi everyone, and welcome back to LRQA's Future in Focus podcast. My name is Holly Wild. I am the Global External Communications Manager for LRQA, and I'm very pleased to be recording this podcast today with my colleague, Luis Kuna. Hi Luis, how are you?
1: Hi, Holly. Pleasure to be here. Great to be talking to you.
0: Fantastic. Now, it's your first time on this podcast, Um, so could I actually ask you to introduce yourself to our listeners, including your role within and Also, I've been asking our guests where in the world they're speaking to us from, and we're very proud to be a global brand. So, um, whereabouts are you based as well?
1: I'm based in Dubai. So, um, from from here, I'm responsible for our assessment business, um, particularly in Asia-Pacific. And uh, it's a great place to buy, actually, to be time-wise travel. Uh, it's a great hub to be at, and it allows me to travel very conveniently um, to all the eastern countries uh, around the world that where we uh, we have a fantastic business.
0: Absolutely, and at the time of recording today, COP twenty-eight is in full flow. So I can only imagine the atmosphere in Dubai at the moment.
1: Correct. It's been you know a, a week now since it started. It goes on for a few more days, and uh, yeah, it's been fantastic. And we at ZLQA have been. Uh, have been there with our nuclear pledge, and uh, it was great to be there with with Ian and uh, and and uh, have a, a bit of a, a bit of the action.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so thanks, Luis, and thank you for joining me today, where we'll be speaking all about education. Now, why are we speaking about education? Well, some of our listeners may already be aware that we have recently launched our very own internal sustainability strategy called Our Planet, Our Plan. Quick recap for those of you who haven't heard of it before, Our Planet, Our Plan sets out LRQA's environmental, social and governance ambitions, otherwise known as ESG, all to deliver a positive impact for our clients, our colleagues, our suppliers, our communities, our planet, the list truly goes on. The plan stretches over seven years and is organised into seven commitments. That's safety, equity, community, environment, inclusivity, governance and education. So through our Future in Focus podcast channel, we've been interviewing a technical expert for each of those pillars with education being a topic for today. And it's actually our last podcast in this little mini series, which we created to mark the launch of our planet, our plan. But I'm so pleased we'll be ending it on a high with Luis, who has a lot of experience in this field. Now, down to business. Luis has kindly agreed to provide us with a bit of an introductory story or an anecdote. I asked for something that's really stuck with you or caught your attention recently. So uh, so let's get started. What would you like to share with our listeners, Luis?
1: Uh, well, you know, education is is really one of the main drivers of social mobility and uh, one of the driving forces of development of the human species. So it could hardly be more important uh, within the S in, in ESG. Um, we all know, obviously, multiple cases where education played a major role in underprivileged communities and the notable work that so many NGOs across the world undertake day in, day out, reaching more and more people, um, but also in a world facing demographic pressures, that's even more important. And beyond that, you know, it also opens the door for opportunities across borders and societies supporting the development of more cohesive so- societies. So. Um, really, really important topic. Um, But even in the developed world, you know, it has a massive contribution to development. I always remember a stat that, you know, uh, comes to to me uh, frequently in 1970, so not that long ago. um, More than a quarter of the Portuguese population, more than two million people didn't even know how to read and two thirds um, had no, no formal education. That is now low single digits. So the development of of that society in particular has been exponential, like so many European countries and and other societies haven't had the same same privilege. So we all know the contribution of education to more inclusive and equitable societies. And, um, you know, there's still a lot of road ahead and we have to be more ambitious. And like many others, I had particularly the opportunity through education to live and learn in other countries first as an exchange student at university, um, having learned another culture and and, uh, drastically improved my social skills and knowledge. Um, And that European program called Erasmus uh, is in itself a great social leveler and an example of how public institutions can play their role. But that's not enough. Um, Later in life, and again, a a particular example of mine um, after starting my professional career um I was able to fund my own MBA and um, that opened the door to the world to me. That's one of, probably one of the main reasons why I'm in Dubai today. I gained a lot of insight, knowledge, you know, networks and um, and that was instrumental to uh, to my own career growth and personal growth. Um, since then, I've lived in the UK, Spain, Russia, Belgium and, and in the UAE now for, for seven years um, and have the pleasure to manage businesses all across Asia Pacific. And again, learning so much about these cultures, their markets, and in particular now, you know, the assurance business where we as LRQA play an instrumental role. So we sort of come full circle here, you know, um, the fact that, you know, being part of um, LRQA and uh, having the privilege to do work, uh, we do globally around human rights assurance and advisory and making sure that supply chains comply with those human rights, fairness and equitable development. So. Uh, that ESG comes back to, to, to the forum again, and uh, we do our own part of contributing to a better world, um, all born out of education opportunities.
0: Absolutely. What a brilliant opening story. Thank you. And, and what incredible experience you've had living in uh, and working in all those different countries. That's wonderful. So thank you for sharing some of your personal experiences there as well. Um, Back to the topic of education, Uh, I'm going to start with some questions now, if I may. So education is clearly a a lifelong process. What role can businesses play in education?
1: Indeed, and business uh, opens doors to that lifelong process, right, both directly and indirectly. I think directly by investing in people through specific learning and development uh, programs to on the job skills uh, build up and bringing opportunities to the society where businesses are established and being themselves a, a, a promoter of social mobility. But businesses also have, and it's the indirect part, a, a solidarity responsibility, devising programs around the communities where they are implemented or they serve or where they are present and provide education opportunities, promoting knowledge, development, skills and again, promoting that social mobility and opening up opportunities. Some of our most notable clients at LRQA have increasingly well-designed and developed educational programs driven by themselves or by sponsoring NGOs that achieve great results and foster that equitable opportunities.
0: Mm, okay, and uh, and let's have a really open conversation here. I'm interested to know how would you personally assess the current state of education in the context of business? Yeah,
1: it's, it's ever evolving as we transition from, you know, the... the Past very formal education programs to much more fluid on demand and frequent ways of incorporating learning, development and knowledge, uh, given the rapid development of technology and accessibility to information. Like everything in the SG domain, you know, the fast pace of progress means that, you know, there is no single path to, 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 to get the full fruits of education. But it, it's clearly important that there is more that needs to be done on on two main fronts. One is, you know, flexible programs of learning and development within organizations, so that we maximize the generation of those opportunities and learning inside those organizations. And by doing that, you know, we're contributing to productivity enhancements that lead to societal developments. Um, on the other hand, those you know partnerships and structured programs with Institutes, universities, ENGs, associations, they are also really, really important because the the businesses can sponsor some of those and allow some of their benefits to be reinvested in the in the communities where they are present, getting their fair share of contribution and reinvesting back in society. There's obviously a lot more that can be done given the unequal um, opportunities that are prevalent across the world. And obviously, we can't rely only on governments or public or social institutions to do all the work. Hence, businesses come to the fore to complement that and really augment the, the needs that exist to try and satisfy them. And we'll have another challenge actually, which is you know the the, the most interesting and most recent topic, which is the, all this technology developments which we are which we are experiencing, and AI being the last one that is in, in very much in, in vogue. Um there's going to be a massive repurposing of skills that are going to be needed and businesses together with individuals will need to do their fair share to of repurposing their skills and nurture talent um, um, with the massive demand that's going to be to uh, you know, adopt, embrace and formulate you new know, technologies.
0: OK, so I'm getting a real sense that we're on a, a, a journey here. We've made a lot of progress, but there's there's more to go and I particularly loved a phrase you used earlier in your answer, that there is no single path when it comes to education. I think that's really important um, to remember. So um, back into the context of of business, can you tell us what great education in business does look like? Um, What are the benefits of investing in education of your employees?
1: Yeah, so like, like all good things, you know, there's not a uh, again, a one single path or not a mandatory path to get there. But it should be inclusive. It should include a, a portfolio of themes, channels, and opportunities. And it'd be increasingly tailored to each individual to make sure that their learning programs of proven quality become accessible from micro learning to more formal training processes that suit each person's needs at different points in time. Again, you know, partnerships with universities, foundations. Learning and recruitment firms, for example, open immense opportunities in terms of accessing that knowledge and the information to then be used for training and the educational purposes, particularly as the use of technology makes that accessibility much, much, much easier and the content being also much better than it was in the past from presential to online learning too. So it becomes probably easier as, as we move along with technology. But then again, on the reverse, the opportunities today, and the the information is so vast and so accessible that it needs to be curated, you know, and it needs to be focused on a cause, making it relevant to the mission or the vision or the values that an organization has to allow to, you know, be specific on the themes and types of learning and expertise that exist within an organization that can be shared with specific individuals, communities. That in itself will contribute to generate you know, increasingly better, more sophisticated and tailored learning opportunities. And then we can onboard these skills back in inside an organization or within a community and being part of that social mobility and opportunities ladder that education brings. So the more we're able to, uh, one, within the realm of possibilities that are focused increasingly on what organization is is more capable of doing, that is uh, the benefits are are then exponential, uh, and uh, individuals and societies will benefit from that.
0: Thanks, Louise. And uh, another um fantastic phrase there about education being an enabler for the social mobility and opportunities ladder. Love that. It's fantastic. Um, Now, I also think it's really useful to get some practical examples for our listeners. So are there companies that you are aware of that are exemplary in the space of education? And what is it about their practices that others should look to replicate?
1: Yeah, I mean, apart from our passion for education as a topic, you know, we at LRQ are fortunate to often get an inside look into what some of our clients are up to. And there's a a lot of examples, but a couple stand out. And and for me, British Telecom and Heineken are doing some really interesting things um, as part of their, you know, part of their global presence. They have built some comprehensive programs. I'll mention a few examples. British Telecom takes CSR really seriously and education plays a role. So their SOS Children's Villages program makes accessible online learning through the use of technology that they've got to development opportunities to young people in isolated African communities. That is a, an example of contributing to opening doors, access to information and removing that barrier to education that so often exists in Africa, for example, and benefit them from, you know, the, the knowledge, the opportunity that comes with that and improving, hopefully, the quality of their lives. Eineken, on the other hand, uh, has some really interesting programs as well from a reverse mentoring program where junior employees act as mentors to more senior leaders so that cross-generational knowledge transfer happens and including on CSR initiatives within the group and the learning from the let's so-called Generation Z comes to the fore and and Heineken becomes much more prepared to, to anticipate trends in the market and to create opportunities for their own, for their own uh, employees. But it also has a really well-developed global diversity and inclusion program, and given again the, the worldwide presence that uh, the Heineken has, uh, the, there is an external focus component linked to their societies, fostering opportunities for development in those communities where it is present, including on its direct supply chain. And and we at LRQA have seen a couple of those examples live. So. As we can see, the, these programs do not rely exclusively on, on the company uh, that they originated from. They take into account some of the resources and knowledge and geographical footprint that those companies have. But they go a bit beyond and they, they, um, they make resources available to others. Uh, and that is the, 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 the really the ingredient that is needed to opening up opportunities and having a positive external effect contributing to societal development.
0: Wonderful examples there. I think it's so useful to, um, you know, bring this topic to life for, for our listeners and, and, and give examples that you have. So from those practical examples to practical steps, um, what are the first steps a company needs to make to build a first-class
1: approach to education? Well, the first one is really to be genuine, right? And by that what I mean is to have a genuine interest and consideration of the role of an organization as that social enabler, right? And education provision is going to be one of as We saw one of the bigger drivers of of enabling uh, the positive effects that it brings. And also making sure that by like we saw in some of those examples, using some of the expertise that a a particular institution has, together with those being suited to their mission, vision and values, that's what brings about that genuinity. And and then that makes it easier to have to derive real value adding and a collaborative um, approach to, to education and the benefits that it brings. Um, I'd also say that, you know, choosing those sources of learning and development is pivotal, right? Um, and particularly as we saw that the cost of accessing that that learning and development and information has come down, it needs to be again suited to the goals and causes that an institution feels empowered to promote. So genuinity and focus are really important. After that, it has to be inclusive, right? So um, it has to be internal and external, ideally, and also effective. So how do we maximize that? Well, partnering again with institutions and they can uh, more their expertise endowing them with resources so that it becomes as efficiently as possible. So that partnership with universities, foundations, NGOs, associations and, um, and uh, mixing the, the resources and knowledge with external parties is really important to go just beyond the the education per se, but to create opportunities that put that education in practice and again, promote that social mobility. And then for companies in particular, then in the internal parties, is making sure that, you know, um, graduate and career development programs are effective and, and they are really, you know, fostered internally. Again, that Promotes internal social mobility and uh, dissemination of knowledge, and exchange of roles within the organization. That also then open opportunities for people out the outside to join those organizations, and that cross-training expansion of skills um, is is essential. So this mix of not looking just internally but externally partnering at our institutions is really really important. If all of this happens, and, and as we saw it, it's not a lot of points to take into account, but, you know, we start creating uh, specific programs that facilitate development of new talent that, um, you know, incorporate themselves back into the organizations where they were born and are socially enhancing and increase the mobility within the organization and society. So um, in my view, those are the essential ingredients.
0: The essential ingredients. Love that as uh, as a final note. Thank you so much, Louise. This is all um, oh, we've got time for today, but it's been a really packed episode. You've shared so much quality guidance and insights and education in the context of sustainability today, really breaking it down for our listeners and making it clear why it should be a business priority um, and what it means for wider social mobility too. So I'm sure you've inspired many today. Um, so thank you once again, Louise, for joining us.
1: Thanks for the opportunity, Holly. Pleasure to talk to you.
0: And finally, just a reminder to our listeners that you can learn more about Our Planet, Our Plan on the LRQA website and see our digital dashboard, which tracks our progress against all seven pillars at ourplanetourplan.lrqa.com. You've been listening to the LRQA Future in Focus podcast. Thanks so much for giving us your time and we hope to see you soon.